Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This episode is another MarTech Monday, so I have asked a good friend of mine to join the program, Victor Belfort. He is from Conversica, and Victor and I have known each other for several years now. He runs business development and partnerships over there. But before I bring him on the program, let me tell you how I first discovered Conversica. I imagine a lot of you know Conversica. Maybe some of you have even used it. But several years ago, that was not the case for me. I really had not been exposed to it. Uh, and the way that I learned about it was through email. I actually had Conversica, one of their bots, reach out to me and engage me, and I was very intrigued and kind of tucked that email away for another day. And then almost ironically, I went to a conference in Arizona, and when I was at that conference, one of the case studies was a gentleman uh, that was talking about their use of Conversica. And it was one of those conversations, I'm sure you guys have been to them, where you go to a conference and it's kind of a case study, but you know the technology is kind of slipped into what they use. And I got to tell you, like I know there's a time and place for that, but because I'm such a marketing and sales technology geek, I like to really understand what these tools are. So I followed up that conference, reaching out to Victor, and I said, you, you got to tell me more about this tool, and I want to see it. Maybe we should test it. And that's how Victor and I and the rest of the team got to know each other. So for those of you that have not ever learned about or seen Conversica, today is your lucky day, because it is a very cool marketing and sales technology, and I'm very glad to welcome Victor to the program. So Victor, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you so much, David. Pleasure to be here. So Victor is from Russia, as you can tell. And Victor, before we get going, can we do a few impersonations? Can I can I put you up to oh, that? God, maybe just a couple. Okay, all right. What do you what do you just tell me tell me tell me which one? Uh, let's do my two favorites. Um, first of all, I was a huge Terminator fan, and you know, love oh, Arnold. God. So I know he's Austrian. He's definitely not Russian, but I think you can pull it off. Do you? Do you have an? I'll be I back. Do a good one. Let's hear it. I'll be back. That's pretty good. I like that. And then you know, uh, was it Dolph Lundgren in Rocky? You know, you remember that? I would break you. Who is? Who is? What is he? Is he Swedish? You think? I don't know. I can look that up as we're doing our podcast, but I don't know. I just know he's he's tall and he's big and he's strong and and he said to Rocky that he was going to break him. So can can you try that one? I will break you. You know what? I, you nailed that one. That was that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Victor looks exactly like Arnold and and Dolph Lundgren exactly. Oh, uh, my God. Well, you'll have to look him up and see. Hey, thank you for joining. Um, you know what? I've never asked you the backstory where Conversica came from. So can you fill me in on that? How the company was found? What what prompted the company to create these wonderful AI sales assistants? Is uh, is uh, I I'm really really glad you asked. Uh, I I love Genesis stories and nothing. Uh, uh, well, many things annoy me more, but few things annoy me more than somebody saying, "Well, you know, we set out to build this company that's going to do this thing, and it all works out in the perfect in perfect sequence." 
Luckily, things like that are very rare, and it certainly was not the case with Conversica. Conversica, as many great things, kind of happened by accident. Um, so we have a founder. His name is Ben Brigham. Um, and Ben lived, uh, still lives uh, in a little town close to the Canadian border on the, on the Washington side called Bellingham. And uh, when he was in, in, in grad school, uh, uh, he, a buddy of his who was in the automotive sector and had car dealerships uh, complained to him about this new thing, um, which is called Craigslist. Oh. Uh, and Craigslist was, yeah, I mean, that was back in the day. I think if, if my memory serves me right, it was like 2007 or something like that. Maybe even sooner. Um, I don't and, know. I met Craig once at a at a mixer in San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I said to him, I said, I'm so blown away how incredibly successful your site is, and it looks so ugly. And he goes, "You ever seen Google's?" And it was like, "Yeah, well said." Like, it's function over form. Yeah. Anyway, let me let you continue. Yeah. No, no, but that's that's a that's a great insight, you know, and 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 and, and that works. Um, so so you know, there's not a single direction. Not everything has to be the the iPhone and an Apple product. Sometimes things that are fairly ugly and utilitarian also work pretty well. But uh, going back to the founding of Conversica, the genesis of Conversica. So this uh, car dealer asked Ben. Uh, what can be done about this Craigslist phenomenon? Because people now don't want to sell their cars to back to the dealer. They go to Craigslist and they list their cars and, you know, Craigslist is eating their lunch a little bit there. Mm -hmm. And so Ben uh, built a little crawler uh, and, and started uh, crawling Craigslist and, and identifying people who were selling cars uh, and uh, aggregating those into lead lists and selling them back to, to for first giving it to this, to this friend of his, but eventually productizing it and selling it to car dealers. And that did not work. That did not work at all. Um, the assumption there, of course, was that, well, if you're selling your car on Craigslist, Number one, you know, a dealer would love to get their hands on that on that car. But number two, chances are you're probably going to be buying the car pretty soon. So you should be a good lead for a dealer. Just didn't pan out. Uh, unclear why either dealers weren't particularly good at following up or, you know, who knows why, right? Uh, so the product flopped. And so Ben started thinking about how do we make this product better? Yeah. And, and he decided to write a few email sequences and start warming these guys up by email. And when they respond to an email sequence, it's that list, kind of the warmer list, then then becomes the product and gets sold to the car dealers. Interesting. And that really worked. And so, and so, uh, so the company's genesis was in these uh you know lead scraper or site scraper to get to get raw leads and then in email sequences to warm it up 
but then very quickly, uh, then being, um, you know, uh, a very, very kind of a geeky, you know, person and, and a really good technologist, uh, very quickly, uh, uh, artificial intelligence got introduced into it. And instead of uh, creating these sort of, you know, quote unquote, manual uh, email sequences, um, Ava, at that time, that was the name of the company and the name of the bot, Ava.ai was born. Mm-hmm. And, and Ava was sending out these, um, you know, uh, dynamically generated the dynamically generated messages and the and the and the rest of his and the rest is, is well what happened after that is that uh, the companies become became quite successful it was bootstrapped through you know m- most of that time um, and then at some point then decided that uh, this could really be huge and a couple of wonderful investors came on board then uh, uh, stepped aside as the CEO of the company uh, remained uh, chair of the board, but but stepped aside on the CEO role. The headquarters for the company got moved into Silicon Valley, and Alex Terry um, became the became the CEO of the company. And and uh, you know we've been we've been growing at uh, at, uh, at a remarkable pace ever since, and making the the AI technology better and better. I mean there there is a story within that story that I'm going to surface, which is. A little bit of what you said on, you know, where the company started is not where you ended up. And um, I know you also went to the Wharton School of Business. I don't know if you know Jeremy Bloom went there as well. I think you know Jeremy. Great from Integrate. Yep, yeah, great CEO, yep. founder of Integrate. And he said something at a conference that we both spoke at recently, and he had a great graphic. And I'll have I'll, I'll paint this for everybody. So picture two images. One image is a circle with a line coming straight out at an angle. doesn't matter what angle, horizontal, vertical, 90 degree. doesn't matter. It's a straight line with an arrow. Can you see that arrow? Absolutely. Like, 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 like the arrow piercing a heart. Yes. So a very straight arrow. And a lot of people think the success of companies are that. There was an idea, and you put it in motion, and you followed this path, and you're successful. But what Jeremy will tell you which is oh so true, that what it really looks like is a big, like, there's a circle with the starting point, but then like a kid taking a crown and just doing circle, 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 and then maybe extends a line with an arrowhead, and that's how businesses really are, you know, because you're always heading in a direction, which is the arrowhead, but how you get there is definitely not a straight path, and it's cool for you to share that, you know what the, the founding premise of the company is very different. Um, and I will say, yeah. I find my ad, David, is that is that this is doubly true for companies who define categories, and Integrate is a great example of that. But uh, it's this uh, eternal trade-off between being the the first mover or the fast follower. As a first mover, you have lots of advantages because you have potentially, you know, a, a very uh, open market. There is a lot you can do. The flip side to that is that you don't really know where you're going, and the line you take is never straight. Um, if you are following in somebody's footsteps, you know, uh, 
there's the market's become competitive. Uh, you have to work harder to build a brand, and there's a lot of these other obstacles. But you can potentially take a much straighter line. Uh, but uh, but you know, it's uh, I, I love to see innovators like like Integrate. Um, you know, certainly in my mind, Conversica for sure kind of leveraging that first mover advantage um, and and leveraging um, you know the innovative spirit of, 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 of the of the product and the technology and really making the best of it yeah it's kind of like uh, to use a more modern analogy it's kind of like ways or Google Maps right you you put in with your mission or your vision where you want to go where you want to drive to but then along that journey there's uh, accidents and roadblocks and traffic yep. that force you yep. to take a different direction but you always you always follow where you're trying to get to you just take different paths to get there wow you know that's some some bonus business insight inside of our episode let's let's talk ai and i want to start off with those two letters and i would caution any of you in the martech world i have an opinion i have a point of view as scott vaughn would say out there that I do not think you should call your product AI. Like for example, Marketo has content AI. And here's why. I believe that AI is now an ingredient. It is like, you know, a, a powered by, or it's a, it's a feature. Remember in the old days in technology, like if you had like an ethernet card, there used to be like a little Novell button in your ad. Uh, logo, you know, that that it, it worked with netware, right? Or there's lots of technologies. Music is a great example, right? It has THX or Dolby, right? But to call your product an AI thing, I believe, tell me what you think about this, Victor, I believe it's a little off-putting for people. Like it sounds more sophisticated or complicated than it needs to be. In fact, AI should be so seamless and so frictionless that you can't tell the difference. I mean, that's the, the the world's most perfect AI is where you could not tell the difference between a human being uh, and yourself. And I think there was a there was a movie about that where you know this rich guy is invited to this you know fictional underground lair where there's AI and his whole mission is you know is the AI real or not? What do you think about that? Like, you know, you guys put yourself in a category of conversational AI, but you don't call your product you know AI. I, what's your perspective on that? It's like software, quote unquote, powered by computers. Like it's just, it's, it's, you know, of course, everything is powered by computers. Yeah. And pretty shortly, everything is going to be powered by machine learning. It's yeah. just, a, it's, it's, a, it's a means to an end. It's not the end, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I will say this in, in, in defense of, uh, you know, everybody using AI as, as their key messaging. You know, marketing is different than, 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 than many other things, right? And as long as it resonates and as long as AI continues to be sexy as a term and as long as you can attract attention by talking about machine learning or deep learning or, you know, whatever else, uh, you know, I, but it is, I think, a fair prediction, certain prediction that I will make that uh, the, 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 the luster of AI as the marketing message yeah. Uh, is is probably going to fade yeah. as underlying technology as the engine that drives this stuff. Yeah, it will do nothing but continue to strengthen. Like it. All right, let's talk about Rachel because at this point, if you're still hanging with us on this episode, I promised you a Martech Monday, and so we need to geek out on this technology and tell you what it does. Um, 
let's see how I do, Victor. Let's see if I you you judge me on my way in which I describe your tool set and capability. So the way I see it is uh, what Conversica has done is cleverly enabled the automation of engagement through email. So a good use case would be, let's say you've done a trade show, big trade show, and you've got 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people, or just whatever numbers, and you want to follow up. Well, you might give that spreadsheet to an SDR team if you're fortunate enough to have one, or you might give it to even a sales team, God forbid, right? But what if you could take that list and upload it into a platform, and that platform would start a cadence of communication through AI and engage those prospects and look at how they're responding and what they're saying and further that engagement, ideally to a meeting or a demo or an appointment. And for all that to happen magically and seamlessly is what Conversica has tried to create and I think successfully created. In fact, one might say you guys are probably the most uh, successful commercially successful AI companies in, in the world, and there's lots of Rachels and, and Rebeccas and Evelyns and all these fictional <laughs> AI folks. So that's, that's you know, just one of the use cases that I see. And, I, you know, for marketers that are doing marketing at scale, this enables you to have, you know, an SDR team, essentially a, a digital SDR team or an AI-based uh, AI team. How do, you de- how do you describe it? Am I close? Uh, I, 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 yeah, I think that was perfect. So since we all like Genesis stories, I will say that Rachel, uh, which uh, uh, which is our uh, uh, dominant assistant, unlike Siri, unlike Alexa, you know, our customers name uh, their assistants whatever they want. So there isn't like one Rachel. But our flagship is Rachel, and she was named after Rachel uh, from Blade Runner. So so we like we like that. That that connection, uh, but yes, uh, it's a it's a world's uh, first uh, virtual assistant for sales and marketing teams. Mm-hmm. Um, she manifests as a human being. She's um, she's um, uh, practically indistinguishable from 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 a junior um, junior member of your sales or marketing team, and she supports. I don't know, a couple of dozen different use cases, uh, you know, uh, inbound leads, uh, outreach, uh, pre-event follow-up, uh, pre-event, so event scheduling, post-event follow-up, demo requests, uh, scheduling, um, showroom visits and appointments, and, and she does, by the way, work in both B2B and B2C. Her background is in automotive, so which is a B2C uh, uh, market, so she does equally well. Uh, in both scenarios. So she will simply start engaging with a prospect or a customer. Customer marketing is very good as well. Uh, Cross-sells, upsells, win-backs, you know, things of that nature. There was also use cases in um, uh, customer success, you know, MPS scores, scheduling, uh, you know, QBRs, all types of different things. And she just does a very, very simple sequence um, that consists of three parts. First part is a series of emails that get you to engage and get somebody to say, yes, Rachel, whatever it is you want, you would want me to set up an appointment, you want me to take a call, whatever it is you want me to do, I will do it. Second sequence is putting the two people together at the time when they want to talk. Mm -hmm. So this could be 
calendaring an appointment. This could be getting the phone number at the right time of day. This could be scheduling a visit. This could be any variety of things, any variety of ways to put two people together. And, and this is really, really critical. She's not a replacement for an SDR. In fact, most companies add SDRs and salespeople after they deploy Conversica. She just takes the menial work out of it, right? At the end of the day, the goal is to put two people together. And then the third sequence that she does is uh, asking the question that only an assistant can ask, which is, how did it go? Did it go well? Did you get what you wanted out of that interaction? Did you get the price that you wanted to, you know, did you have the demo? Whatever it is that you expected from that meeting, did it happen? And all of these messages are unique. They're all conversational. They're all person to person. Um, so it's very, very different uh, than, let's say, you know, uh, um, sequenced emails out of marketing automation or something like that. Oh, super clever, very effective. I mean, the clients that I know that we have in common, so we, we've set up Conversica tied to uh, different nurture streams and to sales enablement triggers. So in nurture streams, you know, if you've got inquiries at the top of your funnel to attach that segment and run a stream uh, through Conversica, that's, that's a use case that we've set up and configured many times, uh, tying marketing automation Conversica together. We've also done it in Salesforce where, like you said, an SDR or a rep could be having a conversation and want to get to a point where like, you know what, automate this and activate Rachel or whoever that bot is to continue the conversation and get things scheduled. And, the, you know, the things that people say to me that they really like about the platform is that, you know, Rachel's never sick. She never has a bad day. She never, uh, she always follows the SLAs, right? She's she's OCD <laughs> when it comes to the SLAs because right. she, she doesn't have an opinion on them. She just has to follow them uh, with her, her follow-up and her timing and her scripts. And you guys all have the machine learning power across your clients to, well, to and optimize. Well, I will add to this uh, that she's also sort of, you know, one, one major, she's, you know, she doesn't have any biases. No. She doesn't have these preconceived things like we should have, you know, what's my favorite? My favorite is like, you know, uh, how about six attempts in six days or something like that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, 10 attempts in, you know, where does that number come from? Educated Somebody wrote guesswork. books about, yeah. it's educated guesswork, right? Somebody wrote books about what are the best practices for sales and marketing departments. And, but, you know, I don't know where those numbers came from. And it turns out that it's, it's just not the case. So first of all, even when you have a, rules of engagement that say something like that, right? Um, very few people follow them, right? You can say six attempts in six days, but in reality, vast majority of SDRs or salespeople will make one or two attempts. That's just, that's just how it is. But number two is that very often six attempts in six days or 10 attempts or whatever, it's just guesswork. And we have, we have many customers where this approach absolutely does not work. We have a customer, um, uh, a customer who sells, uh, well, I can, you know, I can't say who the customer is. I can say what they do. They sell private jets. Mm. Very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the cheapest jet is like $5 million or something like that. Right? They sell it clearly to very high net worth individual individuals and, and their average number of attempts per contact is well into twenties. There is no, 
there's no human who can, you know, who's going to do that or very few. Well, track, um, track that, hundreds, if not thousands of different conversations. Plus, <laughs> like you said, 20 touch points in those conversations. And like you said, Rachel doesn't, she doesn't get emotionally worked up about someone not responding right away. She can look and say, well, what is the best time of the day to engage with them? When do they respond? You know, machine learning stuff that we would, you know, your average person would never even start to track or compute or even operationalize it at scale. Yeah. It's, it's right, right. Yeah. And the other thing that's really important is that she understands what people write back, right? So we get messages like, Oh, dear Rachel, thank you so much for being so persistent. Unfortunately, I broke my leg while on, vac- on vacation in Hawaii. I was laid up in the hospital, you know, for two weeks. Uh, when I come back, I need to blah, blah, blah. And it's just this never-ending story. And then, you know, something along the lines of, you know, why don't we talk at the end of next month or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I assure you that at the end of next month, like a timer, there'll be an email from Rachel going, hey, David, uh, you know, you mentioned that you might want to talk around now. Is this a good time? All right. So, so, so she also never drops the ball, right? She never, nothing ever falls through the cracks. I've heard, I've heard a rumor, maybe rumors, not the rumor. I've heard maybe some AI folklore that, uh, Rachel, <laughs> <laughs> that Rachel's, most common question she gets back is, "Can we hire you?" Is there is there is there any truth to that? Have you heard this? And is there any truth to that? So 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 on our website, we actually not on our website on our UI, we actually have a, a button, a little menu element that says "Best of Conversica," and and when our CSMs or our training desk or our um, AI um, audit desk. Uh, discover some really interesting conversation. They will post them there oh, for great. us, for customers, for ev- for everybody. It's just just such a fun thing to do, and 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 you know, if you think about it, in a, in a smaller business, right? Uh, very often, it's the owner of the business or yeah. the CEO of the business that's the ultimate decision maker. Yeah. And and you know, your CEO of a company. I mean, imagine if 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 if, if a young lady or a young gentleman politely, persistently. Uh, continues never losing his temper or her temper continues to 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 you know try to get you to do something never gives up but never lo- you know well that, that yeah, very often we get we get like you know if Rachel if if this thing doesn't work out you know we always have uh, the conversation <laughs> thing doesn't work out we always have have room for you at at uh, at uh, you know at our company. Very often, people will come to demonstrate, which is really good. One of the examples that you gave was uh, scheduling events. Uh, so somebody will show up to a demo and say, you know, where's Rachel? <laughs> and 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 that. you know, like Rachel is not available right now. And they're like, well, I gotta tell you. I, I, you know, Rachel, Rachel is really, is really amazing. And this is particularly cool when we can turn around to this person who came there to see a demo of Conversica Yeah. and say, well, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do a demo of Conversica for you because you already know what we do. Rachel is not real. (laughs) real. Well, like I said, back to the, the beginning of the podcast, that was my first exposure. I don't know if it was Rachel. I feel it was like Alexis, or but maybe it was Rachel. Um, and so there was a communication that I had with whoever this AI character was, 
And I loved her persistence and her immediate follow-up because I don't work in email for long periods of time at my desk. I'm in so many meetings and traveling around a lot. When I do email, it's like this concentrated hour. So the fact that I could send a reply and say, this week's not going to work out. How about sometime next week, maybe on Tuesday? Um, and, and within minutes, Rachel was like, um, does 10, 11, or 1 o'clock work for you next Tuesday? And I'm like, uh, probably 11 o'clock. She said, I'll send you uh, an invite for Decal. I'm like, whoa, she's sitting right at her desk right now with me, only to realize that that was that was a computer. That was, that was, that was a robot. That was AI. I was like so impressed. And then I just, you know, tucked that away. I had the appointment and then, uh, you know, just didn't surface it again until I was at the conference. And I was like, that's... Rachel's daddy, you know, that, that's where, that's where, that's Conversica. Well, I hope she's never had any, uh, not a joke, I hope she's never had any Me Too experiences, uh, you know, I, I I bet she's gotten some interesting replies, some colorful replies from people that just want her to go away to uh, all the business that she has helped companies with. Let me ask you a question before we wrap up. Um, you guys used to have what I like was a, a pretty frictionless introduction to the technology where you would not only do demos but you enabled pilots and such what what if someone wants to check out this technology and talk with you guys what what is the current plan today and because it's it's a it's a bet right i mean you're you're going to shift how you go to market by bringing in technology like this and it requires process change and business change and i'm wondering how you guys are helping marketers um look at this technology and 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 see if it's right for their business yeah. Um, so, so you know, interesting thing that as as technologies mature and as business practices mature, um, you have to adapt and you have to change. And so have we over over time. So we now support something like twelve hundred customers, including you know uh, top three largest software companies in the world. We we um, you know our customers also include. AT&T and CenturyLink, and we've, we've published a number of, um, of, of case studies. And so we do have um, a little trial, a little free trial that somebody can set up. But what we find is this, and this is why it's so critical to talk to your, to, you know, when somebody talks about AI, it's very critical to talk about, you know, the models and the data. And so we have this incredible luxury uh, as being one of the first movers, uh, and we talked about first mover versus fast follower, being as one of the first movers, we've accumulated an incredible data set. And, and, yeah. and quality of AI is a function of two things. It's a function of your models and it's a function of your data set. Um, so, so we have by far, uh, the, the largest data set in that space. And so our AI performance is really, really good straight out of the box. We can deploy Rachel very quickly, yep. very quickly. Um, that said, Rachel also learns from each customer mm-hmm. and, 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 um, as I mentioned, you know, with, uh, with, uh, uh with the, private jet vendor, right? Uh, you know, for them, the average number of attempts is 20 something, but for other, it's a lot lower. Uh, I don't know if anybody who's higher than that. And so she would do something else. So she learns from each specific use case so she need, or specific customer. So she needs to accumulate 
a little bit of data in order to really adapt those models and adapt her learnings to each individual customer's use case. So you have to give her some time. And so we, um, we recommend strongly that, um, that uh, you know, the initial pilot uh, shouldn't last, you know, at least three months. Yeah, um, our To make sure, yeah, just to make sure that she learns what she needs to learn, that she has enough of those interactions. Uh, that her statistical models yeah. really become effective. That's been our experience. You mentioned CenturyLink, uh, one of our mutual clients. You know, we have a lot of mutual clients. And, you know, the people who get value, um, it, seemed, it seems to happen in two ways. One is they have enough records. They have a large enough database or target segment that they want to apply the Conversica against, right? This is not five records, 10 records. You know, these are these are bigger databases where automation plays huge dividends. And then second, like you said, they um, give it enough time and pilot it and put someone on it to, um, you know, make it make it work for them. And when it does, it seems like it's it's an addiction type solution, right? They can't live without it because it's become so impactful to their, their business. It's cool. Well, yep. hey... Victor, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for taking time to join me on one of these MarTech Mondays, which I like calling that, but who knows when somebody listens to these episodes. But I love to feature technology. As you guys know, I have been bringing different tools and tech. Some of them I'm sure you know. Some of them are getting update, and I want to make sure you know what's the latest and greatest happening with uh, these platforms and these solutions and, and tools that are out there. And I certainly love to feature technology you know, I'm not saying it's always right for you, but it's been right for our customers. And so when I put tools on here that I know our customers are using them and getting value from them, I would just want to make sure that you are aware of them. So I hope these MarTech Mondays are helpful. If you don't like to hear us geek out on tools, we'll then skip these episodes. But I hope this was uh, interesting for you. And if you want to get in touch with Victor and his team, just go to conversica.com and get a demo and, and check it out. And if you want to reach out to me, I guess you can reach out to Victor, too, and uh, I can hook you up with some of our clients that use the technology so you can see if it's right for you. But uh, that's all I got, Victor. Anything else? Do we leave anything else? Any big news, um, secrets, <laughs> reveals coming up? <laughs> no. Well, I, you know, uh, so, so I, will, I will say this. Um, there was a lot of different use cases that fit that cadence, that sort of cadence of let's engage, let's allow to people to meet, and then let's follow up after the fact. And so um, we uh, have adopted this to a number of different use cases, a number of different verticals. And uh, very recently, we uh, released our new admissions assistant for specifically for colleges and universities and various programs, educational programs. Uh, we have a very strong presence in that space. So. Um, so I'd like to announce our our admissions assistant, and also, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely more to follow in terms of different types of assistants uh, that will do different things for your company. So that's the new market that you guys are targeting. This is this for education? For education? Absolutely. That's great. So I'm speaking to about I don't know three four hundred educators, admissions marketers in uh, in January at Disney World. They're flying me out to Disney World to do a keynote for them, and that is good to know. So thank you for sharing that. I would, uh, and hey, it's if you good had... to know that you're going, David. Yeah. You, know, you want to meet me in Disney World and say hi to, 
Thank you. Right, let's do it. I can't wait to go because they've got all that new Avatar rides, and I guess they opened up, I think, Toy Story Land or something like that. And they've got, of course, the Star Wars stuff. I've been hearing a lot about the the Club Thirty Three, which is like the Ooh, place in Disneyland man. where you have to get by invitation, and I think can get a good cocktail. Can you get me in there? I want to go. I don't know. We Let's can work try. on that. Maybe somebody's listening. If you can get me into Club 33, my family loves Disney. So like when they said, hey, do you want to come out and do a keynote and talk to a bunch of education marketers on your stuff? I'm like, where? Disney World? Done. Um, that, was, that was great. <laughs> hey, uh, going to let you go. Say hi to the team. Uh, if you guys have any new updates and new innovations, uh, can, I get you, can I get you back on the program? Anytime. Thanks so much for inviting me. Victor, I set you up for an I'll be back, and you, you missed it. I'm gonna... God damn it. <laughs> uh, Dave, <laughs> I'll be back. Fantastic. All right, Victor, thank you so much. Uh, say hi to Alex and the team for me, uh, and to the rest of you, thank you for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio. I want to do a small request, if I can reach some of you right now, which is, would you mind going to iTunes and just clicking a review, you know, one, two, three, four, five stars, whatever you feel, maybe write a comment if you really feel like it. But I have learned, and I didn't know, no surprise, that the more reviews, the more visibility Apple gives these podcasts. So if I can ask any of you that are enjoying the program or enjoyed this episode uh, to do that, that would be great. And don't forget to tell your colleagues and peers uh, and people in your organization about Demand Gen Radio, because uh, love seeing the subscribership go up and up. And I have all of you to thank for that. Thank you very, very much. And that will officially do it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 